and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Romans chapter 5, moving on to verses 9 through 11. On our previous study, taken from verses 6 through 8, Paul began to explain the love of God, which in verse 5 he lists as one of the benefits of our salvation. Here in verses 9 through 11, he continues his explanation of God's love, and he writes as follows. And since, by his blood, he did all this for us as sinners, how much more will he do for us now that he has declared us not guilty? Now he will save us from all of God's wrath to come. And since, when we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of his Son, what blessings he must have for us now that we are his friends and he is living within us. Now we rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done in dying for our sins, making us friends of God. tells us that the love of God should bring joy in our hearts. This means that right now, wherever you are, whatever your problems are, you can rejoice in God. Just think of it. You can rejoice that he lives and that he is who he is. For he has provided a salvation for us and is willing to save us sinners and to bring us into his presence because of his love for us. Isn't that enough to make you rejoice? Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. God is love. God loves bad people, the worst. I spoke about that yesterday. It is clear from Paul's words in Romans 5, 6, and 8 that God's love is unconditional. Christ died for us while we were yet powerless and ungodly and wicked and sinners. 
there was nothing within us that appealed to God. That would be reason enough for Christ to die in our stead. God couldn't say of man, I really think he might be worth saving. Man is the kind of person who nailed Jesus to the cross, dusted off his clothes and said, Well, I'm glad that's done. We've killed him. Good riddance. We're through with him. That's how totally depraved man is. But then from the cross came the words, Father, forgive them. That's unconditional love. God could have summoned legions of angels, but he didn't. He let man do his worst so that he could do his best. God's love is not only unconditional, it is also incomparable. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Sin is a terrible thing. This world under sin is haunted by demons and disease and death, graveyards, prisons, mental institutions, violence, misery, hatred, famine, war, and these are all products of sin. And man is hand in glove with it all. When God reacted in incomparable love and sent the Savior, man mocked him, spat on him, scourged him, crowned him with thorns, and jeeringly nailed him to the cross and left him to die in agony. Yet God loved them. His love is incomparable. God's love is unconditional. God's love is incomparable, and it is substitutionary. He died in our place, verses 9 and 10. We are justified by his blood, Paul writes in verse 9. Christ shed his blood for us. That is, he took our place. The shedding of blood in the Bible always stands for death. There are those who say that since the life of the flesh is in the blood, that when Christ shed his blood, he gave his life for us. So we are saved by the life of Christ. He gave his life. We need to imitate his life. But no one was ever saved by imitation, but by impartation. No one is ever saved by living like Jesus did, but by dying with Jesus. It is his substitutionary death that reconciles man to God, not his sinless life. But hear Paul's words in chapter 5, 9 11. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, Shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So far the scripture. When Paul wrote that we are being saved through his life, he was referring to the resurrection life of Jesus. When we believe and receive him, we also receive his resurrection, eternity-type life. That life of Christ in us will never be taken away. It is that that keeps us saved. The initial act, the justification, was by his death. But it's his life within us that keeps us justified. So we are saved by his post-resurrection life. 
Then while we were once looked upon by God as enemies, now by Christ we have been reconciled. Reconciliation means to reverse an unfavorable relationship between persons. Before Christ, man was facing away from God in the opposite direction. He was estranged. He was an enemy of God. In a sense, God never faced the other way. He did not turn his back on man. His arms were always outstretched. God's abhorrence of sin made him an enemy of sin, but a lover of sinners. But Christ turned man around. That's reconciliation. Christ accomplished it. He was the reconciler, and we the objects of reconciliation. So God no longer looks on us as enemies. Now, in another sense, of course, we forced God to look upon us as enemies. In one sense, God too turned around, since he could not look upon sin. But God always loved the person. God has the ability to separate the sin from the person. That enables him to love the sinner but hate the sin. His arms were always outstretched to the sinner, but never to the sin. When the sin question was settled by Christ, then the sinner turned, and God and man were reconciled. Paul began this section with peace, a product of justification. When we receive the life of Christ, we are reconciled to God. The enmity is gone. The estrangement is gone. There is peace.
News radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA. 